0: 1 Timothy 1, verse 5, he says, Now the end of the commandment... Let me back up and read verse 4, excuse me, verse 4 as well. Neither give heed to fables and endless genealogies which minister questions rather than godly edifying which is in faith, so do. And now the end of the commandment is charity or love out of a pure heart and of a good conscience... And of faith unfeigned, from which some, having swerved, have turned aside unto vain jangling. Let me read that again. Think about it. The end of the commandment. Now, see, Paul, after many years of, of ministerial experience and much revelation, he sums up some things here. He says, the end of the commandment is love out of a pure heart and a good conscience And faith unfeigned. Everybody say, faith unfeigned. That's the subject of my message this morning, is unfeigned faith. Unfeigned faith. He said that's the end of the commandment, is love out of a pure heart, a good conscience, and faith unfeigned. You could take those three things and talk about them for a long time. They're very, very important. He sums sums many things up with these three elements. Verse 6, he says, from which some, having swerved, have turned aside unto vain jangling. Uh, if you skip down to verse 19, he says, holding faith and a good conscience. See, he's re- repeating some of the same thoughts. Holding on to faith, and of course he said unfeigned faith, and a good conscience, which some having put away concerning faith, have made shipwreck. Now, he talks uh, repeatedly about people that have swerved and have turned aside from uh, unfeigned faith. And he said, unto vain jangling. Now, that's a little bit, that's an interesting phrase. We don't talk that much uh, that way today. But uh, I think one translation brought out, uh, they've turned unto a wilderness of words. Wilderness of words, just, just a lot of vain talk. A lot of vain talk. Useless phraseology. But don't notice the phrase again unfeigned faith. Looking now at Second Timothy the first chapter. Second Timothy the first chapter. Now you realize in both of these writings, these are letters that the Holy Spirit is inspiring Paul to write to a young man by the name of Timothy who uh, came up under Paul's ministry and served with him in a help's capacity and now also is uh, obviously a pastor. And uh, he's writing to Timothy to encourage him, to instruct him, and to teach him some things. Verse 2 we'll begin reading. He says, "'To Timothy, my dearly beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace.'" from God the Father in Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve from my forefathers with pure conscience. You know, that's what he he referred to conscience over there in uh, 1 Timothy. Paul had quite a bit to say about the conscience, and the Bible says quite a bit about the conscience. And uh, conscience, you could say, is the voice of your spirit. And it's very, very important if you're going to live a victorious life, you have to keep a clear conscience. For your faith to work and operate. The Bible said if your heart condemns you, then you have no confidence toward God. Another way of saying that is if your conscience bothers you, if your conscience bothers you, then your faith won't work. That'd be another way to say that. It's very important. Anything that bothers your conscience, you need to, you know, you need to make it right. If you're doing something and it bothers your conscience, you need to stop it. If you're uh, not doing something and you feel like you need to be doing it, your conscience is bothering you because you're not doing it, you need to begin doing it. Because if your conscience is bothering you, that will hinder and impede your faith. So he he, he speaks many times about a, a pure and a clear conscience. And he says uh, that without ceasing, I have remembrance of you in my prayers night and day. He said, Timothy, I'm praying for you. Greatly desiring to see you, being mindful of your tears, that I may f- be filled with joy. Timothy was obviously going through some trials and tests. He'd been crying, having some, some, uh, contests. And verse 5, he said, When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in you, which first dwelt in your grandmother, Lois, and thy mother Eunice. I realize a lot of folk pronounce it Eunice, but it's marked Eunice, I think, in my Bible. And I am persuaded that in thee also. Now notice he's talking about three generations of unfeigned faith. And he's encouraging Timothy by saying, you know, Timothy, I've been praying for you, and I'm mindful of your tears and your crying and your trials and your afflictions. And uh, he reminds him, though, that he is persuaded that there is an unfeigned faith in him that was first in his grandmother Lois and in his mother Eunice. Now, you might say, why didn't, they, why didn't Paul mention his granddad or his dad? Well, if you remember, Timothy's dad was a Greek, not necessarily a Christian, you see. I, you know, it just implies, that it just says that he was a Greek, no, no implication at all about him being a Christian. So it very well could have been that his dad was not a, as we would say, religious man, but his mother was a Jew, and she was obviously a God-fearing woman, a woman that had faith, unfeigned faith. You know, the greatest heritage that can be passed from generation to generation is not uh, secular knowledge, it's not wealth, it's not property, it is unfeigned faith. Amen. If if a, a parent can communicate a true, unfeigned faith to their child, that is perhaps the greatest accomplishment of parenthood. Now, first of all, we keep saying unfeigned, but I realize that's a word that, you know we may not be that familiar with. First of all, let's just say what well, unfeigned means not feigned. Feigned means false or pretend. Or fake, we might say today. So instead of saying feigned faith, I won't use that word so much, we'll just say false faith. Or fake faith. Or pretend faith. And he kept qualifying and saying, Timothy, the the faith that's in you is not a fake faith. Well, if it's not fake, what is it? It's the real thing. Amen? In other words, years ago... Uh, Paul was telling Timothy, Timothy, you got the real faith. You've got the real thing. Amen. Amen. Not a fake faith, not a pretend faith, not a false faith, but the real article. Well now, thank God for that, and, but that lets us know that there exists a false faith. Isn't that right? A pretended faith A false faith exists; elsewise, he wouldn't qualify and say, "Well, you have unfeigned or real faith." You know, today we live in a a world where there is a lot of falseness, don't we? There's so much talk in the secular world about one's image, how that image is everything, how you look, how you appear. How things appear. The Bible tells us, you know, that, that reminds us that we look not at the things that are seen, but at the things which are not seen. Because the things that are seen are temporal. They're subject to change. But the things that are not seen are eternal. But the world, they don't look at the things that are not seen. They look at the things that are seen. Isn't that right? That's their whole existence. You understand most of the world doesn't even, is not even cognizant that there is an unseen world and a spirit realm. All they're aware of is the natural, the physical, what they see, what they hear. And so to them, what you see, the appearance, is everything. Image is everything to many, many people. And so because of that, oftentimes people have lost sight uh, of holding on to the real and the genuine. And the false will do fine as long as it projects the image they want it to. I mean, uh, the, some of the greatest heroes in our country are actors. People who their whole profession is projecting false images. You understand? And, and many, many people spend uh, the greater part of their recreational time uh, looking at false images, pretending, along with other people through uh, fiction novels and books and all kinds of different things and movies and you know just fiction, falsehood and all of its appearances. And the amazing thing is that sometimes people get to looking at some of these people on the screen and some of these stories and they get to thinking, "I want to be like that. I want to be like that." The truth is, the people they're looking at are not like that, but they forget that. And we live we live in a uh, in a society where that. Things are certainly not as they appear many times, are they? Sometimes, I mean, you, you see something, you, you, you see a building from a distance, and it looks like one thing, and you get close to it, and it's fake brick, fake wood. You understand? We, we were, where were we at? Uh, I forget, down in Florida, where it, Disney World, yeah. And we went through this uh, uh, place where they were making movies and stuff, you know, and it looks like a whole city. You, maybe some of you have seen it. It looks like a whole city out through there. And, I mean, the buildings are only about this thick, you know, just the front. Everything's fake, false. But from a distance, it looks real. But you get close to it, and you find out, well, it's, it's fake. And, I mean, our, our whole society is permeated with fake stuff, isn't it? I mean there's a uh, just 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 say personally physically there's a false hair false teeth false tops false bottoms false fronts false backs false shoes false eyes you understand and I'm not I, you know I'm not objecting to to using some of these things if want to. I'm just saying that's you know our whole society false foods imitation ice cream imitation beef imitation chicken you understand the imitation flavors, imitation colors, isn't that right? I mean, our whole society is just permeated with imitation things. And the thing I'm saying to you today is, we need to understand that in the church there is imitation faith, fake faith. In charismatic circles, word and faith circles, Pentecostal circles, there is fake faith. One reason I know is I've encountered it many, many times, trying to help people get victory in different areas of their life. They're calling their in faith, they're calling what they're doing in faith, but it's not the real thing. It's a fake faith, it's a pretended thing. And that's a big problem, because fake faith doesn't work, only the real thing. And I've seen people bless their hearts, you know, they, they just pretended they were in faith and, and, and just get worse and worse in situations, things not get better, not get any victory, not develop in any, not, not, not make any progress. You know, I, if I'm not in faith on a particular area, particular area I want to know, I want to find out. Because you're not going to get results until you get in faith. And if I'm not in faith, I, I, I want to know so I can change and get in faith. Uh, I remember talking with a guy several years ago about some things, and he was, you know, he had some good confessions, and he said some things here and there, and he had heard lots of, lots of teaching. And as I was talking with him, I just felt impressed. I don't always do it like this, but I just felt impressed to, to tell him, I said, uh, I said, well, sir, I said, I said, no, you're not really in faith on this. It aggravated him. He said, I am too? I said, no, you're not. He said, yes, I am. I said, no, you're not. He said, I know I am. I said, no, you're not. It aggravated made him mad. Finally, he said, well, why do you say that? And I told him, and he said, oh. Well, it made him mad, but really it was good news. Because it explained why he hadn't got results in the last five years that he'd claimed he had been in faith. Did you hear me? Now he realizes I got if I do this and actually get in faith, I'll begin to get results. The reason I hadn't been getting results all these years is not because I've been in faith and God's been dragging his feet on me, you see. It's because I have not actually been in faith. And again and again and again and again, that is the issue. So many times people think they're waiting on God. You understand? But the Bible said God is not slack, Is some men count slackness. But he's long-suffering toward us. Long-suffering lot he's patient with us and waits on us so many times. Well, I want us to talk this morning about the characteristics of real faith and the telltale signs of false faith. And uh, so to the end, that, that all of us might be in the real article, that we might actually operate in genuine faith. And and it could be said of us, like Paul said of Timothy, you have unfeigned faith, the real thing. Let me just reiterate just a bit. You understand what I'm saying? It is possible to come to word churches, so-called, to hear tapes and read books and say the right things and, and, and do some things and have the appearance of being a faith person, but actually it's a front. Not having the real article, not really being in faith. Fake faith, genuine faith. First of all, in talking about the characteristics of real faith, or fake faith, number one is fake faith has no solid foundation. In order to ascertain whether uh, your 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 faith is the real article or not, check its foundation. Check the foundation of your faith. As ministers, I know in in my position it's it, it's a co- it's a constant thing, and it's true with pastors. It's true with evangelists. True with all ministers. Uh, we oftentimes. Need to be able to ascertain whether somebody's in faith or not. If they're in faith, you just encourage them and say, "Well, praise God. Just keep believing. That God's faithful." But if they're not, there needs to be some changes. And so, oftentimes, you have to. We we have to. Uh, You know, judge some things and endeavor to ascertain whether folk are in faith or not. And some people think that, you know, that it's no way of really knowing whether somebody's in faith or not. But no, there are some, there's some telltale signs and there's some evidences that are very clear about faith. It's true that you don't know everything that's in a person's heart and you don't completely know a person's heart. But their uh, faith is very evident, especially when it's strong. When faith is strong in an individual, there are certain, uh, you know, undeniable signs of it. First of all, I said we need to check the foundation. What I mean by that is, what is your faith based on? What's the source of your faith? What's it based on? Many times I've heard people say, well, I, we're, we're, we're believing for this. Are we believing this is going to happen? Are we believing for this? And oftentimes I've asked them, well, what are you basing that on? What are you basing that on? Well, I just... That's what we want. it. We want it to be that way. We're just believing for it to be that way. Faith is not based on desire. Just because you want something, there's no sign you can believe for it. Do you understand? Faith is based on the Word of God. The revealed will of God is not based on desire. Now, if what you desire is the same thing that the Word of God revealed, that it's His will for you to have, well... You can, you can believe for what you desire, but your faith is not based on your desire. Your faith is based on the revealed will of God, the Word of God. Well, I want this to be. Well, that's not faith. I desire this. Well, desire is not faith. I'm believing that this, this is going to happen. What are you basing your faith on? Well, I just want it to be. Well, that's not faith. You're just wishing it. Well, I need it. That's still not faith. Faith is not based on desire. Faith is not based on need. Faith is based on the foundation of the Word of God. Remember Hebrews 11.1? Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. That word substance is... You really need to look it up to understand. The word substance is from a word which means standing under, which has the basic meaning of foundation, which is what we're talking about right now. And and other translations uh, bring it out like this. Faith is the ground or confidence for what we hope. And that word hope there literally means expectancy. If you're expecting something to happen... Why are you expecting it to happen? Well, I want it. That's not good enough foundation. I need it. That's not good enough foundation. What's good enough foundation to expect something to happen? God said so. Amen. That is the only proper foundation, foundation that'll do, we could say, for genuine faith. Let me give you an example. I've used this illustration several times. Some of you may have heard me use this before, but it'll bear repetition. Let's say I came in here today with some money, and uh, I, I pulled out a big roll of bills. Now, this is purely supposition. You don't see any bills here, and I'm not really saying this to you. I'm saying if, what if I said this. I pulled out a big roll of bills. Let's say $100 bills. And uh, I held it up and I said, "Well, praise God, the Lord has blessed me. I'm prosperous. I have all this extra money here today, and I just feel impressed to give 25 people in this room a $100 bill each." I didn't I didn't say who it might be. I didn't say it might be somebody on this side of the room or this side of the room or the front or the back. I didn't I didn't make any Implication as to who it might be, I just said 25 people in the room. Now there's more than 25 people in the room. Here's the question. Could you have faith to receive one of those $100 bills? I said, could you have faith to receive one of those $100 bills? You always get the same results. When I, every time I say that, some folk will go, yeah. Others ago. Mm-mm. Others ago. Now I'm talking about the foundation for my faith, and for your faith. We're talking about things we can check to see whether we're in the real thing or whether it's a pretend, a fake faith. Faith is not pretending. Faith is real. Okay, let's say you said, Yeah, I can have faith for that $100 bill. And let's say you came up to me after the service and said, thank you, Brother Keith. I'll take my $100 bill now. And I said, what are you basing that on? What would you tell me? Did I tell you I was going to give you a $100 bill? No. I told you I was going, I told the whole crowd I'm going to give 25 people in the room a $100 bill. Yeah, but I need one. That doesn't mean you can have faith. That's desire. I want one. That doesn't mean you can believe you receive. The truth is, nobody in this room could have faith to receive one of those $100 bills. Nobody. I'm talking about you having faith in me to give you the money. Nobody could do that because I didn't tell anyone in the room I would give it to them. I said 25 people and there's no way you know whether it's you or somebody else. You know not everybody's going to get one. Now let me just interject this here. That's why that people that preach that it's God's will to heal some and some it's not, it's impossible for anybody that hears that to have faith to be healed from what they're hearing. There's no way you can have faith. If you believe God heals some and some he doesn't, The next line that the devil tells you after that is, and you're one of the ones that it's not his will. I've never met anybody yet that believed that it's God's will to heal some and some it's not that believed I'm one of the lucky ones that it's his will to heal. They always believe well, I'm one of the ones that is not his will to heal. The only way we can have faith to, to be healed is if we believe and preach that it's God's will to heal all. Now, if I came in here this morning and I pulled up two rolls of bills and I said, boy, the Lord has blessed me and increased me. And I tell you, I just feel impressed to give uh, whosoever will in this room that wants one a $100 bill. Could you have faith to receive one of those $100 $100 bills? Yeah, you could. If you came up and said, well, I'll take mine now. And I said, well, now, who told you I was going to give you a a bill? What what would you say? Say, yeah, but I didn't call your name. Yeah, but you said whosoever, and I'm one of the ones in the room. Right? And if my word's good, you get one. Isn't that right? Because I told you, in so many words, I told you that I would give you. Now, do you understand why I went into detail about that? See, you can't have faith for something you just want, or something you just need. You have to go back, God told me this. Amen? Amen? That's where people get off sometimes. They hear somebody give a testimony about what God did for them. And their faith is based on their testimony. Or that somebody had an experience. And their faith is based on their experience. Or I just want it real bad. And and they're trying to, you know, believe I've got it because I want it. Or because I need it. No. Faith is based on the solid foundation of God said so. And it can't just be a dead letter. It's got to be a quickened a quickened word. It's got to be something that's real to you. Not just God said it in the Bible, but you've got to realize God said this to me. Amen. It's got, it's got to be real to you and alive to you. And everything God said in the word, he said to us. I'm, I, I'm not saying, you know, that, that the word's not talking. The word's speaking to all of us. But I'm saying it's one thing just to know something's in the Bible. It's another thing, you know, it can just be in the Bible and just be a dead letter to you. It's another thing for you to meditate upon something and it become real to you that God is speaking that word to your heart. That's what we call rhema. The spirit-breathed word. The quickened, life-giving word. You see, sometimes folks say, well, you know, you're in a problem in life and folks say, well, stand on the word. Well... That's kind of vague. Stand on the word. Which one? It's a lot of verses. It's a big book. Well, just pick one at random. Uh-uh. No. Well, just, you know, grab one. No. mm It'd be fine to get your concordance out, look up the verses along that line, but keep looking at them and keep meditating upon them until you find out what God's saying to you about this situation. Amen? We don't just operate in the Word like it's a mechanical manual. We have the One who authored the Word living inside of us. Amen. And you know, just because the Spirit of God led you to stand on this Word one time in this situation, you may, you may experience a, the, just virtually the same situation in the future, but the Spirit of God leads you to stand on a different Word that time. Just take healing, for instance. I mean, the Lord might prompt you the way to deal with healing is just to speak against that sickness and disease. Next time, he might deal with you to to pray the prayer of agreement with somebody. Next time, he might deal with you to just praise God about it and shout shout that you're healed. But see, people get mechanical about these things. You understand, when, when God told uh, uh, Naaman through uh, the prophet to go wash in the River Jordan, if he'd have been living among us today... See, that was the word of the Lord to him for his situation. Go wash in the river. If he'd have been living today, he could have gotten every healing line and got hands laid on him and got everybody to agree with him, and he wouldn't have been healed until he did what God told him to do. We, understand, we need to understand, faith is not just a mechanical works program. It's, a, it's, the, it's the result of a living relationship and fellowship with God. He tells you to do something and you have faith in it and you do it. And it's not a matter that we live by rule book. We're in constant communion with God and whatever he quickens to us to do for this time and stand on for this time and whatever is real to us for now, that's what our faith is in. He said a lot of things. What are we going to stand on now? You don't have to know the whole Bible to get healed or get blessed to get your needs met. What, God, what is God saying to you now about this situation? I've known people that had a lot of faith, a strong faith in certain areas. They, I mean, they couldn't even find most scriptures you and I quote. But see, they fellowship with God, and it was real to them what God was saying to them, and they stood on that and got results. I've known people that, I mean, they could quote all kinds of scriptures. I mean, they sound almost like a concordance but it was all just mechanical. The word that they, they didn't have uh, the word quickened to their heart. It wasn't real to them that God said this and that I'm standing and trusting God to do what he told me he would do. So the first thing to check to find out that if we're in faith is we check our foundation. What is our expectancy based on? If you're in faith, you are expecting something to happen in your life. Remember the scripture? Faith is the substance of things hoped for. That word hoped there doesn't mean hope like we use it in our modern vernacular. It means expectancy. If you're in faith, you're expecting. You believe you've received in your spirit, and because you believe you've received, you are expecting something to happen. You're expecting your body to get better. You're expecting money to come in. You're expecting direction and wisdom. You're expecting. If you're in faith, you are expecting Why are you expecting something to happen? That's how you can check your foundation. First of all, I'm asking you the question, are you in faith about about whatever it is you need to be in faith? And here's, here's some things that you can do to check yourself to see if you're in genuine faith. Are you expecting? Are you expecting? Somebody said, well, let me, let me just take just a moment and explain this. Somebody said, well, Brother Keith, expecting is future tense, isn't it? Yes, it is. Well, future tense is not faith, is it? No, it is. Faith deals with two tenses, present tense and future tense. Remember Mark eleven twenty four. 24? What things ever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them. That's, future, that's present tense. Believe that you receive them, present tense. And you shall have them. That's future tense. Faith deals with both tenses because faith deals with two realms. Faith deals with the realm of the spirit, the unseen realm, and faith also deals with the seen realm, the realm of the natural. When you're in faith, you believe that you have received present tense, but that's in the spirit, in your heart. And because you believe you've received, it causes you to expect things to happen in the natural. Amen. So if you're in faith, you're expecting. If you need money to pay bills and you ask the Lord to, you know, to, to send the money or whatever, you claim your needs met and you're in faith, then what are you? You're expecting that money to come in. Isn't that right? Some way. You may not know how, may not have any idea how it's going to work out, but you're expecting it to come in. If you've released your faith, had hands laid on you, prayed the prayer of faith, prayer of agreement, been normal normal with all, whatever the case might be, about your healing, and you're in faith, what are you? Expecting. You're expecting what? You're expecting the, the pain to go. You're expecting to get stronger. You're expecting to get better. If you're not expecting, you're not in faith. You understand? If you're in faith, you are expecting. The greater the expectancy, the greater your faith is. Amen. But now to, to, to check whether your faith is, is properly gr- grounded or not, you need to ask yourself the question, why am I expecting this? Why am I expecting this? What should be your answer? Because the Lord told me. Amen. The Lord told me by his word and by his spirit. The Lord told me. That's the only suitable foundation. That's the only foundation that will stand, the Lord told me. Can you say amen? Amen. Now, the second area to check in talking about whether uh, your faith is real or not is, are you living in reality? Reality. Many have misunderstood faith. And they've thought that faith is ignoring existing situations and pretending that things are not the way they are. Many have thought that uh, if you're in faith, then you just are pretending. Faith does not ignore physical and natural reality. Faith is dealing with these realities. You see different individuals that that say they're in faith, and it's not the real thing. It's a fake faith. They're just playing ostrich. They stick their head in the sand and pretend I don't have a problem, and call it faith. So I, I, I deal with this with, with people uh, with sickness in their bodies and, uh, all the time. Well, I don't have cancer. I don't have this. I don't have tumors. I don't have cancer. I don't have this problem. I don't have the other. Some might say, Well, that's that's what you're supposed to do, isn't it? No, it's not what you're supposed to do. You understand many people are calling something faith and, and they're not in faith. And that's why sometimes people are confused because they see things, see a situation, and it didn't work. They perished, they didn't get better. And they say, Well, I don't understand. They were in faith. Who said they were in faith? You might say, well, I know people that trusted God and and it didn't work. No, you don't know anybody like that. Never met anybody like that? Never will. Meet somebody that trusted God and had faith in a certain area in God and perished. You don't know anybody like that. You'll never meet anybody like that. You understand? There's a lot of people that don't know what faith is. A lot of people that are in pretend faith. Go with me to Romans, the fourth chapter, and let's clarify the thought that we're bringing to you now. Romans chapter four, a very familiar portion of Scripture. Abraham is lifted up to us as a great example of faith, and... Uh, The Bible tells us in verse 17, well verse 16 we should read as well, it says that uh, Abraham is the father of us all, talking about the faith of Abraham. In verse 17, as it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before him whom he believed, even God who quickeneth the dead and calleth those things which be not as though they were, who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken. According to that which was spoken. What was his faith based on? That which was spoken, that that God said, so shall thy seed be. Abraham couldn't have faith to be the father of many nations just because he wanted to be. He could only have faith because God told him. Faith is only possible based on what God told you. Specifically, God told me. And it's real to me. Not a dead letter in the Bible. It's real to me. God spoke this word to me. But uh, he said that God did this and that Abraham followed his example in calling those things which be not as though they were. Somebody said, well, isn't that, isn't that what you're doing when you're saying I don't have cancer or I don't have a, a tumor or, I don't have this? No, that's not what you're doing. If you go to the doctor... And the doctor tells you, we found a lump. You have cancer. You have a this, you have a that. And there it is on the x rays. Tests show it. To say, I don't have cancer is not calling those things which be not as though they were. It's calling something that is as though it's not. That's not what he said. Are you listening? He didn't say call things that are as though they're not. Now, see, there are different groups, for instance, like Christian science, which is neither Christian nor scientific, that uh, they propagate that things that we experience in this uh, natural realm, they're not really real. And so when the doctor tells you you have cancer, you don't have cancer. This is not really real. But that's a lie. The chair you're sitting on is real. Your body is real. If there's a lump in your body, it's there. It's real. If there's cancer in your body, it's real. If the x-rays show it's there and it's on the test and you can feel it, it's not a figment of your imagination. It's there. Faith doesn't stick its head in the sand and say, I have no lump. Faith looks the thing square in the eye. And says, God is bigger than you. Amen? Amen. And deals with it. Not runs from it. Not pretends it's not there. Deals with it. And overcomes it. Do you understand? Faith is not calling things that are as though it's not. There are people that have called it faith, but it's not real faith. It's fake faith. It's imitation they go around saying, I have no bills. I have no bills. I have no pain. I have no sickness. That's not faith. That's denying things that exist. That's foolish. If it's there, it's there. you got to deal with it. Amen. I've seen people bless their hearts, and I, I, you know, I just I want us to deal with reality this morning. All right? Bless their hearts. You you know, they 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 deny that I've got a problem. Doctors tell them you have you know you have a you have a lump here. We need to check it out. Well, I no, I don't have a lump. Try to talk to them. Oh, I don't have a lump. It gets bigger and bigger and bigger. I don't have a lump. Finally, they things. caused them agonizing pain and problems and they go back and the doctors say well I wish you to come to us earlier because it would have been very easy to do something with it in the beginning but now the thing is life threatening and that's why a lot of doctors don't like us faith preachers did you hear me now if somebody's in faith and not going to the doctor that'd be one thing But being in fake faith and not going to the doctor is foolish. There's nothing wrong with going to the doctor. There's nothing wrong with with using things to help you. You just need to be led. You understand? You need to be led and do what's right for you. And you don't need to base your faith on what somebody else did or what they experienced. That's got very little to do with you. Your faith is between you and God. Amen? Our faith is supposed to be in God, isn't it? And our faith is between us and God. And it doesn't make a hill of beans difference what this brother or that brother or this sister or that sister or this pastor or this preacher or this one thinks about my faith. Because they can't answer my prayer and they can't meet my need. Whether all of us in this room are tremendously impressed with your faith or not makes not one bit of difference because we're not the one that answers your prayer. What God thinks about your faith is what counts. Do you understand? And the thing is, so many folk, bless their hearts, they, they spend more time trying to maintain a front for the benefit of of their fellow Christians and other people and family members than they do working on getting their faith built up strong and fellowshipping with the one their faith's supposed to be in. They'll go to great lengths to hide things from each other, keep people from finding out that my symptoms are really worse, keep people from finding out that I'm having this problem or I'm having that problem, trying to keep up the front of faith. That's fake faith. It's not the real faith. Real faith deals with the issues. I don't know at the times that I've seen people, they wouldn't even talk to their pastors about problems that they had because, uh, well, you know, they'll think we don't have faith. Truth is, they're not in faith. They didn't have a shred of faith in that area anyway. Well, they'll think, I don't have any faith. Well, maybe you don't in that area. Maybe you need to get some. Maybe they can help you. Well, I don't want to ask this question. Maybe they'll think I'm dumb. Well, maybe you are dumb in that area. I mean, understand. See, now what we're getting into here is pride. One of the things that, that is the, the propagator of this fake faith is pride. Wanting to impress people that I got just as much faith as anybody. I don't need any help. I can believe God. I got it under control. Truth is, it's been getting worse by the second. You're fast going down the tubes. Yeah, but I got it under control. I got it. I got it. Full of fear. Full of anxiety. Not in faith at all. Just pretending. Fake. Fake. Sobering, but we need to think about it. We need to look at it. Don't we? Being in faith is not pretending. Being in faith is not denying physical circumstances and denying feelings and ignoring things. Faith is looking at the thing, dealing with it head on. Yeah, you're here. Yeah, that lump is there. Yeah, they found cancer. Yeah, I got bills up to my eyes, but God said, amen, and God is bigger than this, and God is greater than this, and I've asked him for this, and I believe I've received, and I'm expecting him to do what he told me he would do about it. I'm expecting Him to supply my need. I'm expecting His power to work and heal me. I'm expecting to get better. I'm expecting to get stronger. I'm expecting the pain to go. I'm expecting. It's here. It's real. But I'm expecting God's greater power to do away with this. Amen. Not running from something. Not pretending. Dealing with it head on. But having faith. More faith in the God who heals you than in the sickness that is bothering you. More faith in God, your provider, than in your problems and lack and needs. More faith in him who gives you wisdom and direction than the attacks and confusion that might be coming against you. Can you see that there's been a lot of confusion about what faith is, how it works, how it operates? Faith is not calling things that are as though they're not. Faith is not pacing the floor saying, "I have no pain. I have no pain. I have no pain. I have no pain." That's why so many of our, our, our mainline denominational brethren have been so uh, confused about us. Joe from the first church meets charismatic Charlie and he says, "How you doing?" And he goes, oh, I'm, gra- uh, I'm great. What do you mean? Are you, are you having some problems there? Oh, no. Ooh, I, have, mm, I have no pain. I have no pain. He goes back and tells his church, well, those folks are the biggest lies you've ever seen in your life. This guy's been over double. He's hurting. You can see it's gone over his face. He says, I'm not hurting. I'm not hurting. Someone says, well, that's faith. People just don't understand faith. No, that's not faith. That's not faith. That's denying something that is. That's calling something that is as though it's not. That's denying reality. That's some of the same thing Christian scientists do. People that deny the corporal reality of the physical realm. This physical realm is real. God made it. It's real. How many know it's real? The chair you're sitting in is real. It's not a figment of your imagination. That body you're in is real. If you've got a problem in your body, it's real. But God is real too. And His power is greater than anything you're experiencing and can change anything that needs to be changed. Can't it? Well, how do you deal with it then? Instead of pacing the floor saying, I have no pain, listen to what you're hearing when you're saying that. I have no pain. I have no pain. I have no pain. I have no pain. What are you hearing constantly? pain pain. Even though you say I have none, you're hearing pain. You've got pain on your mind. You're meditating on pain. What did the Bible say to do? Faith, how does faith talk? Cause those things which be not, that be not as though they were. Well, pain is what's not healing, soundness, strength. So what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to If you're going to pace the floor and say something, say, I call my body healed. I call my body strong. Amen. Don't say, I have no bills. Say, I call my bills paid. Amen. And if anybody asks you, do you have bills? Yeah. You don't have to tell them, but you're thinking, but I call them paid. Amen. If the doctor examines you and pokes you in the side and says, Does that hurt? and you've got tears coming down your face, you don't say, Mm mm. <laughs> you say, Yeah, it hurts. Don't do it again. <laughs> but you don't you stop in what you're seeing and feeling. That's not what you keep your mind on. You keep your mind on what God said and you keep your focus on expecting the power of God to change what needs to be changed. Can you say amen? Faith is reality, and it deals with reality. It doesn't pretend. doesn't deny things. It confesses God's greater truth over the problem. Calling those things which be not as though they were not denying things that are. Can you see how a lot of folk are in fake faith? They're just sticking their head in the sand, trying to ignore it. They're, they're hoping if I won't look at it, it'll go away. That's not so. Well, if I'll just pretend it's not there, it'll leave. Uh-uh. See, a lot of Christians, they, they just have not dealt with things properly in these areas. If you've if you got a problem in your body, don't play with it. I mean, the main objective of, the, of this thing is to live and not die. Is that right? <laughs> and finish your course for God. And you've got to be real honest with yourself. Look at your options. you got something that's bothering you, pray about it. If you feel good about going to the doctor and getting a checkup, get one. If you feel confident without having one, Fine. If the doctor tells you you've got this and they can do something about it, you need to pray about it. Should I do that? Don't think about what somebody else would do. It's not their body. It's your body. Well, brother, so-and-so thinks I ought to do this. Well, yeah, but that's got nothing to do with you. Their faith's not going to put you over. Did you hear me? Think about it. Well, they told me I could have this operation. They told me I could take this medication it would help me. They told me I could take, take these treatments. What you need to do is, you know, find out your options, see what you can do, and then uh, say, well, I'll get back with you and go pray. Go take it before the Lord. Amen? And while you're praying about it, check your heart and see what you have confidence in. See, some people, they they just say, well, you know, I'm just going to believe God. I'm just going to believe God. But all the while they're saying it, their heart's scared. Their heart's going, I don't know, I don't know. Are you sure? What does that mean? There's fear there. They're not in faith. If you're in fear, you're not in faith. Fear is the opposite of faith. You know, Jesus asked his disciples one time in the boat when he stilled the storm, you know, they asked him, Lord, don't you care that we're perishing? He got up and and exercised authority over the elements. And he looked at them. He said, how is it that you are so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? Fearful, full of fear, no faith. Finally, and we're talking about all these things together, there are two outstanding characteristics of genuine faith two outstanding characteristics of faith. If you're in faith, you'll see these two evidences in your life. If they're not there, you're not in faith. Very simple. Go with me to Romans 15. You're there in the fourth chapter. Flip over to Romans 15 and you'll see them. Romans chapter 15, verse 13. Romans 15, 13. It says, Now the God of hope now again, this word hope doesn't mean what we usually use it. Usually when we say hope, we mean desire in our modern vernacular. Let me, let me, let me just give you real quickly, you know the classic uh, situation, somebody's having a healing line, somebody comes down to the front and they say, when, you lay, when I lay hands on you, will you be healed? I sure hope so. And all the charismatics go, boo, no, that's not, that's not faith. Well, it's not hope either. It's not Bible hope either. Bible hope is what? Expectancy. If you look up the word, you'll find it's expectancy. Expectancy. Expectancy is a faith word. If you have faith, it causes you to expect. Faith is the ground or the assurance of things hoped for or things expected. What that individual says, well, I sure hope so. What they mean by that is, I wish it would be that way. I want it to be that way. What they're calling hope is simply desire. Desire. But if you're in faith, you're expecting. Did you get that? If you're in faith about your finances, you're expecting money to come in. If you're in faith about your body, you're expecting to get better. Amen? If you're in faith, you're expecting. Now notice that here. The God of all hope, or we could say the God of all expectancy fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope or expectation through the power of the Holy Ghost. If you're in faith, you're going to be expecting. The stronger your faith is, the more you will abound in expectation. And as you are expecting, you will have two things. You will have joy and you will have peace. I say this sometimes humorously to illustrate a point. As you travel down life's road in your faith mobile, there are two gauges you need to keep an eye on. You need to keep an eye on your joy gauge and you need to keep an eye on your peace gauge. Because if your joy gauge gets on E and your peace gauge gets on E, it's not going to be long until your faith mobile sputters to a halt and leaves you on the roadside of despair. But when your faith is strong, you'll see full peace, full joy. See, this explains some things. Even though sometimes a person might be making a good faith confession, realize I'm sharing some things with you. It's taken me several years in healing school to learn, trying to help people get, get healed and live and not die. He used to confuse me because sometimes people, you know, they're making the right confession, but in my heart I know something's wrong. Something's not right. Sometimes even though somebody's making the right confession, there's fear in their face. There's anxiety. And they have no joy. And they have no peace. Which means what? They're not in faith. Even if they are making a good confession, they're not in faith. Now, don't misunderstand me. Making a good confession is the way to get in faith. If you keep saying it and keep hearing it, faith comes by hearing. But if you're in faith, you have peace. You begin to breathe a sigh of relief. Everything's going to be all right. God's on the throne. His word is true. Peace. If you're anxious and fearful, you're not in faith. The stronger your faith is, the more peace you have. And the the Bible says, we which have believed do enter into rest. If You're in faith, you're resting. Depending on God to come through for you, you're resting in that. If you're anxious, anxious, upset, worried, fretful, fearful, those are all indications you're not in faith. And also joy. Sometimes people have told me, you know, virtually crying. I mean, depression on them so thick like a cloak. Said, "Well, I'm just believing the Lord. No, you're not. Mm-mm. Depression is an indicator of doubt, not faith. If you're in faith, that means you believe everything's going to be all right. Amen. If you believe it's going to turn out all right, it gives you joy. Even though you might be hurting. Things might look bad, but you can smile through the pain because you know it's going to be all right. Even in the midst of a bad situation, you have joy because you know God won't fail you. You're trusting in Him, and you're depending on Him, and you know He's going to come through for you like He always does. If you're depressed, it's because you, you don't believe it's going to work out. You understand? Depression and fear... Anxiety and worry, all these are indicators that the individual is not in faith. So, what we need to do is be very honest with ourselves, very, very realistic with ourselves. If we're not in faith, let's not pretend that we are. Let's get in faith. Amen? How do you get in faith? Faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. Go back to what God said. Go to his word. Go to him in prayer. Seek him. Say, Lord, what do I need to do in this situation? Inquire of the Lord. Seek his face. What, what should I do about this? We were talking about the situation. If you've got a physical problem, what do you do? Do you go to the doctor? Do you have the surgery? Do you have the treatment? If you're in financial straits, what do you do? What do you do? Well, see, it, in dealing with situations, it's going to be not just according to God's power or according to what God can do in our situation. It's going to be according to our faith. Do you understand? It's not just according to what God can do. It's according to what we can believe him to do. And what you need to do in each situation, locate where your confidence level is at. It's got nothing to do with another person. Where is your confidence level? I've talked with people before. remember a a relative of mine called me one time over the phone. He said, you know, they found such and such thing in my lung. And they said it'd be a simple procedure to to remove it. But I don't want to displease the Lord. You know, I want to trust God and what have you. And a lot of times people get into that. Well, if if I do this or that, it'll displease the Lord. I don't want to grieve the Lord. You don't understand him. He doesn't think like that. Now, if you rebel against him and do what he, you know, just go against what he told you to do, well, sure, that's displeasing. But God's given us not only spiritual and supernatural things, but also natural things to help and assist us. What's right for you is what you have to ascertain in your own individual prayer life and communion with God. This person began to talk to me. Of course, I know that God can dissolve that lump in their, in their uh, lung. I've seen him do it. I've seen him do it literally under my hand. I've seen him do things like that. No question about whether I believe he can do it. I know he can do it, experientially. But the issue of what I've experienced or what somebody else has experienced has got nothing to do with this. What does she believe? Where is her confidence level at? I begin to question it, not accusingly, just trying to find out, you know, what is she believing and where is she at? And the thing is, a lot of times people, you know, when things are going good, they live a real carnal life and just kind of goof off and slide by. And then things when, when things hit and problems hit, they want to be spiritual giants, but they're not. They are where they are. Not where they'd like to be, but where they are. And uh, so I asked her, I said, you know, well, what, do, what do you feel good about? I said, you know, we could just pray and believe God for this to go away. And, and, and I, I talked to her a little bit about it. And, and she wants to sound right and spiritual in faith, but I can hear in the tone of her voice, her confidence is not there. She'd like to do that, but her confidence is not there. I begin to talk with her about doing different things. I begin to talk with her about the surgery. I said, "Well, wh- how do you feel about the surgery? You feel good about that?" And as I begin to talk with her, I could hear tones of confidence in her voice. She brightened up. She said, "Yeah, they said they could just do this, and it'd be real simple and real easy, and this and that." And I said, "I said you 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 believe that God would help them and and, and quicken them and." and guide them, and that God would cause you to heal up supernaturally fast? She said, yeah, I do, I do. And I could hear in the tone of her voice, she believed that. So I said, great. That's what we'll believe. I prayed for her, prayed for the uh, doctors, and uh, asked God to speed up the healing process in her. The doctors were astounded. She called me a few weeks later. She said in just a few days that she's ready to go home. And they said, you should, you, you, can't, you can't go home yet. You've had this and that. And they checked her out. One of them said, well, she's able to go home. The other one said, I can't believe a, a lady her age, because she was elderly. I can't believe a lady her age has recovered this quickly. And it was a testimony. Now, I've also seen other situations where people, the doctor said, you need this surgery. And you talk to them and they say, well, I don't feel good about having it. But relatives insisted. And they had it and died on the table. See, they shouldn't have had it. They should have just believed God. Somebody said, well, how do you know what to do? There is no rule book. And there's no person that you go to to get your answer except God. Amen. And just because you did something one time one way doesn't mean you do it this way this time. Every day is a new day. You need to go with God, go to God with every situation, ask Him, what do I need to do in this situation, and seek Him till you get peace about what you should do. The Bible said in Colossians 3, let the peace of God rule in your heart. Go with what you have confidence in. And get God involved in every aspect of it. Just because you might use some natural means, doesn't mean it's. Some people have the idea, well, it's either trust God or do this. No, it's not. Are you listening? You either trust God or you do this. No, I guarantee you, if I was going to have a surgery, I'd be trusting God. I first, before I ever, before I ever let them put me to sleep, I'm gonna know it's right in my heart. I'm going to pray and get settled on it. And I'm going to pray and I'm going to know that God's going to be in that operating room and His Spirit's going to be on those those surgeons' hands. I'm going to have confidence in that before I ever go if I have anything to say or do about it if I felt like I needed to go. Are you with me? Let's get away from having any kind of a facade, any kind of a pretension, trying to keep up any kind of a front Deal with reality. Faith is real and it's genuine. It's not pretense or fake. It's not sticking your head in the sand. It is dealing with the real issues of life. Go with your confidence. Go with what you have confidence, God, where you're at. If you have strong confidence in God and you don't feel like you need to do some things that, that some other people might do, the Bible says, do you have faith? Have it between yourself and God, Romans 14 says. Don't try to push where your faith is off on somebody else. Or tell them they should do this or they should do that. They have to believe God and walk where they're at. Go with what you have confidence in. And don't be condemned if you're walking in what you have confidence in. Don't be condemned about whatever you might do. The Bible says, happy is he that condemneth not himself in that thing which he alloweth. Are you with me today? You know, we, we... or not to try to impress one another with our faith. And yet a lot of times people, that's what they have done. I've had people come up to me sometimes and say, well, you know, I want you to agree with me on this, or I want you to believe with me on this. And while they were talking, I just perceived, they're trying to impress me with their faith, that they're trying to believe for something that most people don't usually try to believe for. They're trying to demonstrate that I have beyond average faith. And a lot of times they're just talking They haven't even believed God for little things yet. They're living in a daydream world. You understand what I'm saying? Our life is not going to be ordered according to what God can do. Things are going to happen according to how we believe. Jesus looked at those two blind men that day. He didn't say according to my power. He said according to your faith, be it unto you. If you don't like where your faith is at, feed it and exercise it and it'll grow. Amen? And not just when you're faced with a challenge, constantly as a way of life when things are good and when everything's going great, feed your faith and exercise it and it'll grow and you'll be in good shape for when challenges do arise. Brother Wigglesworth was always fond of saying this, he said, if you wait till you need faith to get it, you're late. You understand. And that's the you know one of the advantages you have of being in a place that teaches faith, as opposed to many other places. Why don't you stand up with me, please? Let me pray for you. Father God, we thank you so much for your word and for your spirit. And Lord, I realize that many of the things that we've shared today are, are sobering and, and thought provoking but Lord I know that you don't want us to live in a imaginary false sense of faith but to operate in the real article and thereby get real results Lord I pray that you'd quicken every one of us and enlighten every one of us to realize any areas that we've been pretending in in our conversation in our manner of life, in our thinking, in our believing. Help us to see any area that we've been pretending and show us reality, show us truth, show us your word, show us how we should think, how we should act, how we should respond, and Lord, we purpose as we see it by your grace to make those adjustments and to walk before you unpretentiously without any hypocrisy, without any guile, without any deceit, To walk before you sincerely, to walk before you and have unfeigned faith, real faith, genuine faith in you and in what you said. And Lord, I thank you that as we do, we shall never be ashamed, we shall never be disappointed because you have never let any of your believing children down. You have never failed any who truly trusted you and we thank you for that in Jesus' holy name. Amen.